Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Would you provide your perspective, please, on just what's been going on between Senator Batters and uh, the leader, Aaron O'Toole, the expulsion from the Conservative Caucus, but not from the Conservative Senate Caucus. What do you read here? What do you see? Yeah, I, I think we have to step back just from Denise Batters and, and start to put some of this into a larger context. So Andrew Scheer loses the, the 2019 uh, election in October, even though he dropped the Liberals from a majority to a minority and improved the Conservative, uh, wins the popular vote, and does better than what Stephen Harper did in 2015. But by December of 2019, he has announced his his resignation as as leader within two months. So, flash forward two years, we have Aaron O'Toole. Uh, Aaron O'Toole loses the election in September. Now it is mid-November, and it's clear that there are factions of the party who are out to get O'Toole, and they're out to get him for different reasons. I think one is... There was some confusion about who Aaron O'Toole actually is and what he represents. When he ran for the leadership of the Conservative Party in um, 2017, he ran as a moderate, as a centrist within the Conservative Party. And he loses that race, and Andrew Scheer becomes leader. Then in the leadership race of 2020, he comes out as the blue Tory you know, and he is going to to slay Peter McKay, the uh, the progressive conservative red Tory. And then when he becomes leader, he pivots back to being moderate Aaron and makes a, a major change to climate policy. Um, and that, I think, actually worked quite effectively for him because climate wasn't an issue in the in the 2021 elections. But. Then we saw flip-flops on guns. We saw flip-flops on on vaccine mandates. And so there's really a question about whether he was just running as a progressive conservative or a liberal light instead of a conservative. Um, He uh, campaigned against Stephen Harper at times, but brought Brian Mulroney in um, during the campaign. And you can imagine the old reformers just pulling their hair out. You know, that sort of... uh, (laughs) And I think people bit their tongue to see what would happen. Like, would this approach work? Then he gets the same result as Scheer did. Very different campaign. I mean, there were moments where uh, O'Toole was actually ahead. But at the end of the day, the result is pretty much the same result that Andrew Scheer got. And O'Toole ran a much different campaign that seemed at odds of members of his own party. And I think that's why O'Toole is in trouble now, not just because he lost an election, but the way that he lost the election. And there are clear divisions within this conservative party between urban and rural, between central Canada and western Canada. And it's been tough between ideological people and pragmatic people uh, for him to, to govern. And that's why, you know, there are multiple shots coming out at him right now. And Denise Batters just was the most public. What I thought about when I was looking at the this developing situation between Senator Batters and Aaron O'Toole and the infighting between the conservatives and not so conservative, if you will, members of the Conservative Party of Canada, I also saw the East-West divide or the West-East divide. 
And I heard a little bit of uh, Premier Mo saying to me three weeks ago, the nation within a nation concept for Saskatchewan within Canada, just as Quebec enjoys. I heard a bit of that. It was an overtone to me. Am I right? Am I wrong? Is is the, the, the Western alienation part of this this whole scenario? Uh, absolutely. And there, there's a feeling, and this was expressed by the Maverick Party um, during the election, that, you know, Justin Trudeau, Aaron O'Toole, it didn't matter when it, when it came to the West, that they were, they were quite the same. Uh, I, I don't think that that's completely accurate, but there's enough people that believe that, and it illustrates the balancing act that any conservative leader has, because you've got a base of support in the prairies, but you can't win an election without attracting voters in the 905 region of Toronto. So... How does a leader do that? Uh, Stephen Harper was able to do it, but Andrew Scheer wasn't, and Aaron O'Toole wasn't. So uh, sometimes it comes to me like it's charisma over substance when it comes to federal electoral success in Canada. 2011, Stephen Harper, steady hand, earned a majority government, gained 23 seats, for a caucus of 166 MP, Jack Layton's effervescent personality, arguably responsible for the NDP forming official opposition and increasing its parliamentary seat count by 67, going from a caucus of 36 to 103. Meanwhile, the Liberals, with their savior, Michael Ignatieff, in control, plunged from 77 seats to 34, the lowest total in the party's history, with Ignatieff losing his own seat. And then Trudeau comes along, good hair, and, uh, you know, he's not the Ivy League professor, Ignatieff was, but the Liberals reassume majority. I think it's charisma over substance. Um, it might be in the case of Justin Trudeau, but no one would confuse Stephen Harper and charisma. No, 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 no. You know, no. <laughs> you know okay. he offers okay. something very, very yeah, different. Fair point. And, uh, you know, I think um, the, the great success that, that Jack Layton had I think was a combination of just repeated elections versus a very weak leader in, in Michael Ignatieff. I think there was a reason that the liberals went to their lowest level ever under mm -hmm. his uh, tenure. Uh, and the conservative attack ads about Ignatieff, you know, he didn't come back for you. were dead on because he quickly left Canada right after, he, right after uh, losing. So I don't know if it's necessarily charisma. I actually think that the charisma that that, uh, that Trudeau has has that that has left him. Um, he is not the Justin Trudeau of 2015. He um, did not match well against Aaron O'Toole, but the liberal brand, the party brand, I think is what mattered even more. Yeah. And, somebody uh, said to me. Somebody said to me, you know, he can shine up a bald tire, but it's still a bald tire. Yeah. So there's some, that's... And, that's, and bear in mind, I mean, O'Toole <laughs> did well in the first several weeks of the campaign. Yes, he did. It was in the last two weeks where he got caught up on guns, and they had to have predicted that they would be attacked on the issue of guns, because the liberal playbook on any conservative leader is to go after abortion, health care, and guns. And O'Toole took the abortion off the table, took the private health care off the table, but seemed confused uh, that guns were on there. And then the, the whole vaccine mandate issue. And right. so he's, the conservatives are a tough group. 
to, to govern much more much tougher than the than the liberals because there's not as many ideological liberals um and but conservatives there are people who really believe that the conservative party should stand for something no kidding um what about jason kenny what's his reality what's his situation annual general meeting he's been under duress under attack from mlas or certain members of the his, his caucus what's what's going to come out of this weekend how much trouble is he in well, I just watched his uh, his speech just before I came on the air, uh, his big keynote on the lunch of the AGM. And it was, you know, a, a, a firebrand. You know, he uh, taught, basically it sounded like an election speech. You know, uh, the, he got the applause lines going after Joe Biden and the NDP and Justin Trudeau. But there is clear dissension within this party. So yesterday... In the evening, just after the AGM started, there was a motion on the table to increase the threshold of the number of constituency associations who could call for an emergency leadership review. This is significant because on Monday, 22 constituency associations, which was the one quarter required by the Constitution, asked for the leadership review, which is scheduled for April to occur either in December, January, or February. Then there was a motion last night to move that threshold from one quarter to one third to make it tougher to move the leadership review, and it was defeated. Um, and there has been a lot of discussion all week about packing the room for the AGM and controlling the agenda. And so I think there is a reason that Kenny focused his speech against Trudeau and against Notley, because that's still things that unite this party. But when it comes to Jason Kenney himself, he remains a very divisive figure. And there will be a leadership review. We just don't know when that will will be. But he continues to poll in the low 20s, which is the lowest poll numbers uh, that I have seen since, like, maybe Mulroney just before he resigns or Alison Redford just before she resigned. Yeah. Yeah, 20s is... It doesn't, get, it doesn't get much worse than that. Um, a lot of that, it's from within his own party. I mean, even... even yeah, that's true, too, isn't it? ...supporters have him in the 30s. Yeah, that's... Uh, for different reasons. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've known this guy. I've known Jason Kenney for 30 years. I knew him when he was with the Taxpayers Federation. Smart guy. Um... I thought he was a very effective federal cabinet minister, but he's gotten himself into some tricky territory in uh, in Alberta. Let me just ask you, well, in the minute we have left. Back to Aaron O'Toole for just a moment. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. about how difficult running the federal conservatives are. It's mm-hmm. even tougher, even within Alberta, because you've got these factions, urban, rural, wild rose, progressive, conservative, pragmatic, who just want power versus ideologues who want to do something with that power. And so he's got a faction that's opposed to Kenny because um, he flip-flopped on vaccine mandates and he introduced tougher health care restrictions. And then there's another group that believes that Kenny didn't do enough to deal with COVID. So you can't reconcile those two groups. The only thing that they share in common is they're unhappy with Jason Kenny. They may uh, they may all gather under the color blue, but there may as well be different political parties. 
Well, and you have Brian Jean walking through the convention all weekend, right. who is the former Wild Rose leader who lost yeah. the leadership race to Jason Kenney, is currently running for the UCP nomination in a by-election in Fort McMurray, his hometown, his yeah. home riding, on an explicit mandate for Kenney to resign. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 